for the hobby. Then they discuss what they hope for from the new Fanatics trading cards. Coming up now on SEC. Welcome to episode 40 of Sports Cards Culture. Uh, this is a special Thanksgiving edition of this episode. And today we have Josh, Cardboard underscore Chronicles, Chris, Chris underscore HOJ, Nick, Stiff Arm Wet, and Christina, me, uh, Christina's PC. So today we're going to kick off uh, with a very special message from our card ladder team to you, our hobby family. Happy Thanksgiving. We hope that your day has been full of fun, football, food, and family. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's that time of year where it seems the world and time speeds to 1.5x. From Halloween to New Year's, it's a little crazy. So today we'd like to take a moment and slow it down. And to do so, we would like to talk about what we're thankful for in the hobby. Josh, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, sure. I'm used to Chris sending it over to me, so I'll have to get used to this. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm thankful for all the cards that I picked up this year. Uh, in the spirit of slowing down, I feel like slowing down and just looking at your PC and your collection is, is probably the best way to slow down in life. You know, you can just take some time, look at your cards, enjoy it. Cause I think, you know, a lot of it is um, cards I picked up and how do I move them fast and how do I get into different cards and what's the next thing? It's good to slow down and look at what you already have. Um, the community, you know, obviously we've, uh, we've had a lot of awesome new people come into the hobby uh, this year. So really thankful for all the, you know, people I've met and all the new relationships and such. And then uh, the card ladder team, you know, we've had a great year. We did awesome in 2020, but 2021's been even better, and uh, can't wait to see what we do next. Chris? All right, I don't want to copy any of Josh's, so I'm just going to ditto his, because those are all good. I'm going to add to his um, data. I am thankful for data. Love hobby data points. Um, if you dig into them, as we've been doing for years and years, uh, when you dig into hobby data points, and even if you put them on a graph especially, it tells a compelling, exciting story of an industry and a hobby and a tradition that continues to pick up steam and continues to pick up enthusiasts and participants as the days, months, and years roll on. So I am very thankful for data. Uh, sports card data is incredible. And then the other thing I'm thankful for, can I have two? Yeah, Josh the, had like five. So. Okay, that's right. The other <laughs> thing I'm thankful for is hobby content. I enjoy hobby content. I enjoy making hobby content. Uh, it definitely carries me through uh, certain days and, and some of the drudgery of work. So, uh, And I just think we have some great hobby content creators out there. Data and hobby content. Nick? I'm thankful that Josh and Chris give such wonderful answers that I can just say, <laughs> ditto what they said. Very nice, Nick. So eloquently put. Um, and I'm thankful for you. Uh, our viewers, members, and users of Card Ladder, the extended hobby community, and the three gentlemen sitting in the studio with me, whether virtually or in person. Um, your kindness, support, and friendships mean the world to me and I know what they do to the guys as well so let us know what you're thankful for in the comments below it's nice to uh, take the time and to just say it out loud or type it out um, 
it puts you right in the right perspective as we head towards this busy holiday season. So now moving on, let's hit fast forward button that I was just saying we shouldn't hit. And let's discuss our hopes for the future. In particular, the hobby's manufacturing future. In case you missed it, on Thursday last week, Mike and Jesse of the Sports Cards Nonsense podcast interviewed Josh Luber, the new chief visionary officer of the brand new company, Fanatics Trading Cards. First, let me just give a tip of the hat to Jesse. He was a great interviewer. And Mike, now that the shoulder is fixed, uh, let's stop making Jesse carry the load. Um, so Josh, I'm just kidding, Mike. We adore you. Uh, Josh and Chris uh, both reviewed their initial takeaways from Sports Cards Nonsense podcast interview on last Friday's crossover. We even then got homework from Josh Luber after I tried to explain the StockX blind Dutch auction model. Thanks for that. Uh, in case I hadn't, uh, in case because I forgot to thank him before uh, in the previous segment, thank you to Luber uh, for helping me achieve my read more resolution <laughs> in the last few months of 2021. So did we get it wrong? Uh, no, but he he like he. But we didn't. Quite exactly. We didn't get it right, but we didn't get it. We get, he, I think he gave us like half of a credit okay. for the answer. Yeah. All right. That means you got it wrong. But yeah. Being nice. <laughs> so, Josh, what are your thoughts today regarding Fanatics trading cards? And are they at all different from when the news first broke on August 19th, 2021? Yeah. Well, when the news first broke, I mean, the, the, the only thing really that I thought was just hope. Like there was just not really anything to go off of. And now that, you know, Josh has gone on uh, an interview and kind of given us some some potential leaks, some minor information, there's a few takeaways, you know, from the interview. I think one of them is that um, that he's focused on the brands. He, he made a, a pretty, um, you know, he went on about like how the brands that he that he likes now, he hopes he can, he just, he said, I wish I could just buy them all. And you'll know, continue to make those same brands because he knows how important branding is, especially coming from shoes where it's about like, you know, Yeezys, Adidas, Nike. You've got these big name brands to kind of carry the, the weight. And I think he understands the importance of that. So to hear him say, you know, the branding is something top of mind is is good. Um, and then also, like you mentioned, he's a collector. He's I kind of see him as like one of us in the community. So to know that we have someone with our voice, you know, sort of projecting through him, I think is going to be really Really great. So my my takeaway is that I'm still hopeful for that going forward, and uh, you know, ex excited. Very well put. And Chris, as you know, uh, we like to rip wax. You and I. How do you think Fanatics Trading Cards solves the ongoing catch twenty two of ample product should be available for people to buy to rip, but also not oversaturating the market? Yeah. Well, uh, Josh Luber's um, white paper. Trading cards are cool again. com. I think is where you can go and read it for yes. for free. Uh, was written prior, or most of it was written prior to him becoming the chief visionary officer of Fanatics Trading Cards, and so I think he's been pretty explicit that this is in no way, shape, or form a blueprint for what he intends to do or any plans that he has. This was more of a retrospective, reflecting on the evolution of a sports card market in the year 2021. But nonetheless, within that document are two important theoretical models. That he laid out one very counterintuitive and the other one very insightful so on the one hand uh, Luber lays out a demand model for um, what stimulates 
interest and captivates uh, consumer attention and sneakers. And it's a really interesting theory where the gist of it is that if you make even one unit too many, you completely kill the demand for the for the item. But if if the supply is always a touch lower than the demand, so that there's never enough sneakers to go around, that keeps the demand vibrant and strong and can even expand and grow it. So him sort of laying out that little trick of the trade, always keeping the supply lower than what the demand is so that there's never quite enough units to satisfy the demand and it always makes the particular sneaker seem out of reach for at least some people out there. Really interesting theory and it's worth reading him expound on it. The other thing that he laid out, which is a little bit counterintuitive, might even shock some people in the hobby to hear about, but to me it made a lot of sense, even though I would I would have never been able to think of it myself, was the repack products. So he, he talks about what's one way to keep supply down um, and, and make use of existing resources while still having product more available than it is now because he's anticipating much more demand and much more participants than now. And he said the way that one way to potentially theoretically do that is to utilize repack products more effectively than we do today. So once a product gets open and some great cards come out of it and those cards go on to the secondary market, buy those cards and put them back into product once again. Now that's a that's a simplification of what he's talking about and he didn't lay out any particular blueprints. He just said this model is captivating and it is uh, when he when the way that he spells it out. Now we all know that there's a dark underbelly to the way that repack products are actually executed in the hobby today. Sometimes those products are sort of used as gambling stand-ins to an unsavory extent. Sometimes the value of the items in the repack products is nowhere near the amount that the consumers are being charged to buy them. So there's definitely issues with the way that model is executed right now. But Luber sees upside to that model as a way to sort of recycle existing product so there can be more and more uh, supply without necessarily increasing the total quantity of cards that exist uh, or, or that are manufactured. So those are two interesting thoughts that Luber put in his white paper that make me think he's coming up with some very creative solutions to both satisfy the increase in demand that, that he foresees coming, but not oversaturating the market with supply in so doing. He also talked a lot about the people that he wants to bring into this. And I think uh, that was really great to hear because we know as business owners that it's really about the people behind the ideas, the people behind the execution of things. And so to hear him put an emphasis on the hiring process that he is you know, planning on being a big part of, I think is important. Bringing in people with experience, people with knowledge of the hobby, people with you know, tech experience, because he, he alluded to you know imp- improving the tech side of things greatly, which is needed. So it was really great to hear that he's putting an emphasis on people because that's really what this hobby is built on anyways, the community and the people within it. So that's that was great to hear. I agree. Uh, and if anyone is interested, I believe he is still hiring his executive assistant, Nap Waker Upper um, and lunch companion. So make sure you head over to Josh Luber's Instagram and uh, get the details and then apply. As there will not be a crossover episode this week, does anyone have a mail day to share? Yes. 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 I think there are yeses all across the studio. Chris? Yep. Okay. Here's mine. 2017 Optic Gold Vinyl, one of one, the newest addition to the Mavericks this offseason, Frank Nilakina, the French Prince. I really liked what I saw out of him in the Olympics. 
And then I've liked what I've seen out of him with the Mavericks so far. Fortunately, he's out with a right calf strain right now. But, you know, uh, I'll take a chance on an absolute grail of a guy who once was a lottery pick and is now on the team that I follow very closely and has shown some stuff that I really like. Fun player to collect, and I hope he keeps building. Real quick, so when he's healthy, what, like, when does he come in? Or what is he, or is he still, like, how, what's his playing time look like right now? Uh, you know, he's maybe the seventh man off the bench for the Mavericks right now. That's good. Uh, it's not bad. Yeah, I think he's the best player the Mavericks have coming off the bench after Brunson and probably Maxi Kleber. So maybe eighth man. Um, he's he, or he's the eighth man. He's the third man off the bench. I should. He's the he's, if the eighth man off the bench. You're that's pretty deep. Uh, third man off the bench. Eighth man on the roster. Okay. In the depth chart right now, and I I think he has potential to be a starting caliber player, but a lot of things have to go right, and he's got to get to that Olympics. Frank Nilakina when he plays for France, and we know from like uh. players like Rubio. Uh, Ricky Rubio that sometimes that just doesn't happen in the NBA they're just different beasts overseas than they are here but once again you know in this market um, I don't mind taking a chance taking a flyer on a guy like this um, and 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 having some fun because uh, this is <laughs> outside of like speculating on these like lottery picks who are you know underperforming massively like there's just it, it gets real expensive real real fast so all right well thanks for sharing josh uh you know who has never had a calf strain and will never get hurt charizard charizard <laughs> he's just <laughs> that's actually like one of my least favorite things when people are like oh you know who's never gonna get hurt or like is never yeah but they also what what do we know about the hobby and gives you know the the price boost usually the, the most is when people aren't playing and they're like out and there's this feeling of like, you know, the unknown, whereas Charizard, you definitely know what you're getting. So this is the base set first edition. This is kind of the, the original, the OG of the English Pokemon, uh, first edition Charizard PSA nine. Um, I got, I came back into the hobby through Pokemon. So now I'm kind of reconnecting with my old cards and I grabbed a P I've, I've owned a PSA nine way back when, but, uh, you know, I sold it, so now I'm getting a nine back. Very nice, congratulations! And my card today is uh, Maxi Kleba, not a uh, numbered out of ten National Treasures. His first year National Treasures, uh, which is this year, 2020, and uh, it's definitive ink on card auto, gold <laughs> out of ten. Very nice. So two Mavericks role players and a first edition Charizard. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice mail days over here. Yeah, Very and nice. unfortunately mine hasn't arrived yet, so it doesn't count sure. as a mail day. But uh-huh. I caught the itch. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, hope I went to a doctor. a doctor and it was fine. No, but I got the itch <laughs> when you guys were on the crossover discussing Steph Curry, LeBron James, and uh, Michael Jordan. And whether he would ever kind of like join the ranks was kind of the discussion. But... Uh, then our buddy Dormant Stash in the comments was like, yeah, Steph Curry should have won the MVP over this guy. Oh. And this guy, I was like, <laughs> some of my PC, I just love like role players, guys that just stay in their lane and they just kick ass. And I thought this guy did, and I thought he did deserve the MVP. We don't necessarily need to open that can of worms. But Andre Iguodala, 
And what was it? I said it wrong before when I was showing you. On the Might have been. I don't remember which one it was. But yeah, it was an, it's a rookie year exquisite Andre Iguodala. Very nice. And unbeknownst to me, I set the all-time high, but about 60 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> which hey, in hindsight, I shouldn't have paid, but that was my non-mail day mail day. Maybe I'll it if it comes tomorrow. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta fork over the cash for the card you want. I love how you heard us talking about Steph Curry and you said I'm buying an Andre Iguodala card. <laughs> Screw that! Yeah, this guy actually won MVP for the Golden State Warriors in the finals. Nice, yeah. very nice. All right, so let's shift over from mail days to Turkey Day games. Uh, who you got? So at 12:30 Eastern, we have the Bears at Lions. Nick, who you got? Well, I'm a giant Bears fan. Bears fan my whole life. Okay, enough. Okay. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> whoa, what are we doing here? I thought you were picking the Bears and just we're going to ramble about Matt Nagy. No, the whole joke oh, is sorry. that I'm saying I'm a Bears fan. That's why I'm not picking the Bears. I hope the okay. Bears lose. <laughs> I hope they lose big, even if it's to Detroit. Detroit's like the only other worst team besides like the Jets with like a history of being horrible. So I hope the Bears lose. Fire Nagy next hashtag fire naggy chris uh probably the bears uh they beat the lions pretty convincingly earlier this year even though the lions had a bunch of red zone trips and didn't convert last time uh dalton looked pretty good in the second half against the ravens i think the bears probably win by like three and josh yeah the lions are terrible this is this is pretty easy in my opinion the, the bears are gonna win okay and uh so barstool has detroit as plus three uh, just so you guys know the spread uh, as of today, which is Tuesday, uh, late night. Now, do you know what that means? I do not know what that means. <laughs> that means Bears are three-point favorites. <laughs> Nick and I tried to have this conversation before, and it just like totally went over my head. So I was like, I'm going to just say the spread afterwards and hope no one asks me about it. <laughs> you course, knew I was going to ask you. But of course, <laughs> Chris it, asked me about it. It took me to like, it just naturally finally came through once I've been using the app so many times. And yeah. it's just like, to me, yeah. the handicap where it's like if this team had the plus three like to cover the win, but I still I'm, I'm terrible at articulation anyways. But Plus, yeah. like the context of the Lions, you're probably like I guess that probably means the Lions are projected to lose by three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, the next game is at 4:30 p.m. Eastern, and that is Raiders at Cowboys. Who you got, Josh? Oh, I think the Raiders are spiraling down fast. Like they've had so many things go wrong for them this year, and I just don't see how they can recover at this point. And Dallas is coming off a tough loss. They're going to be highly motivated. I think they may have some injuries at wide receiver, though. Cooper is probably going to miss this game as well with COVID, and CeeDee Lamb left the last game with a concussion. So it's going to be tough for the Cowboys, but I think they're going to bounce back and, and play better. Chris? Dallas has gotten spanked by the Denver Broncos and by the Kansas City Chiefs, but they beat the Chargers. So they're one and two against that division. They're going to even it up, be two and two against the Raiders division and beat the Raiders handily. All right. That's very definitive. And Nick. Yep. Got to go with the Cowboys. All right, so Barstool has Nick, Nick, Nick uses inflection in place of reason and analysis. Right. I'll just say it goofy. <laughs> All right, what's the last game? Uh, Barstool has Vegas at plus 7.5, just so you're aware. And the last game is at 820. So uh, y'all know if 
Chris, Josh, and Nick are correct for those first two games. But this game is probably happening at the moment you're watching this, which is the 820 Eastern uh, Bills at Saints. Who you got, Chris? Stewart eye time for the Buffalo Bills and for the Saints, too. But I think the Bills kind of have their season riding on this game. And if they lose this game, they're at risk of potentially falling too far behind to win their division. I think the Bills have a must-win game, and they win. All right. Josh? Yeah, I agree. I, I feel lame picking chalk on all three, but uh, I think the Bills are going to destroy the Saints. Trevor Simeon is not very good, and the Bills are going to be pretty pissed off after last week. And Nick? Yep, Saints are dead, I think, as well. Um, they they are not far behind, in my opinion, the spiral of the Raiders uh, with just the injuries and their doom and gloom. So, yep, the Bills need this, but plus the big test will be the Bills. I want to see what the, if the Patriots are the real deal. They're killing it right now. Mm-hmm. So when the Bills play the Patriots, I think like December 7th, then we'll see if the Bills are the real deal. You know, Mac Jones cards are going nuts right now. And I'm happy for the New England fans and the Mac Jones fans, and I hope he is Tom Brady 2.0. But the guy's 19th in QBR. (laughs) So I would just pump the brakes a little bit. We don't really know how good or not good he is quite yet. So just throwing that out there. Put your hate in the comments below. He had like 200 yards passing. He's like very below average. Barstool has the Saints at plus six. So um, you guys were pretty much in line with the uh, with the lines uh, for everything. We were in line with the lines. In lines with the lines. All right. So I just want to take a moment to uh, now that we've given thanks to give back. So special shout out to Ryan Card Collector Two and Lane L J K Cards. Uh, they are both hosting their annual toy drives. Uh, If you have the ability to pay it forward, please consider making a donation. Ryan has created an Amazon wish list and Lane is taking donations for extra incentives. They're both offering amazing prizes for those who are donating to these very worthy cause. For more information, you can go to their social media accounts, Card Collector 2 and LJK Cards uh, and find out how to donate and all the great things that they're doing in their communities. A reminder if you will, please, (laughs) there will be no crossover this week as the team will be in New York. On Monday, November 29th, we will all be at the Card Ladder hosted trade night at Bleecker Trading. Uh, Please RSVP in the link on Bleecker's uh, Instagram profile. And we'd love to see you there. So just a quick sign off. Happy Thanksgiving uh, to our sports cards culture fam. We hope you have a blessed and fun holiday eat a lot, enjoy football, and pick up some cards. Thanks for spending part of your holiday with us. Thanks for watching. Tell us in the comment section below what the crew should cover next week, and don't forget to subscribe. See you next time at SCC. Sports, cards, culture.